Forte Catholic Radio. This is your host, Taylor Schroll. Merry Christmas, everybody! We did it! We made it through the season of waiting. Jesus is here. I mean, he was already here. He's always been here. Advent's very confusing. It's now Christmas. He's here. He's here. He's here. You know who else is here? Father Anthony Serapa. He kind of looks like Jesus, and sometimes he's in persona, Christy. But that is true. doesn't often act like it. Father Anthony Sharapa, how are you, buddy? <laughs> I'm doing well. Merry Christmas, Taylor. <laughs> yeah, you too. So uh, what did you do for Christmas? So uh, I only had, this was amazing. I only had two Christmas masses this Christmas. So I had a 4 p.m. Saturday then a midnight mass at midnight. And I got to spend the rest of uh, Christmas Day with my family. We ate ravioli like any good <laughs> Italian family does during Christmas. Delicious. My favorite thing, we eat ravioli for Thanksgiving, for Christmas, for everything. I love it. So it's been good. What'd it's you... just a relief, a relief to be done with Advent. And things settle down a little bit afterwards, and I'm really enjoying it. What'd you preach about on Christmas Day? I preached about Jesus. <laughs> yeah. And the fact that, uh, you know, he's here. But what the, the, the homily was about was God works often in quiet moments, you know? <laughs> And how it didn't seem like a lot was going on in Bethlehem, but the salvation of humanity was was being worked out. And I expanded that, and it was very good. Got lots of compliments. <laughs> the best part of this is, guys, we're pre-recording this. It is it's not Christmas. Oh, come on. It's December 17th. I, I just wanted to put Father Anthony on the spot. I did a decent job after that first stutter. I did pretty good. I'm like, all right, let's go with this charade. Let's lie to the people. I'm okay with that. <laughs> it's funny because I was going back and forth today thinking about uh, if we were going to actually pretend the whole time that we weren't in Christmas. So uh, for those of you that are listening, you're listening on December 27th or later. Uh, it is Christmas to you. We're still in Advent, so we're joking about this whole thing. And I just, I really, that was just a whole setup to see if what Father Anthony could do homily, like just pulled up on the spot, see what he could do. I was halfway decent. Hey, I want to say Merry Christmas to someone very special. Your priest friend, I believe his name is um, Joe Chef, uh, the second favorite priest that you like. Yes, Joe Chef, Father Joe Chef. Yes, and I just want to say Merry Christmas to him. And being second place, it's it's good. Nothing wrong with being second place priest. He can grow in humility for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, so, Father Joe Chef, we love you, and uh, we we just want we just hope hope that you had a very merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's Christmas. We're excited. I, there's no like I'm not here. Like I, uh, by the time we've recorded this, I've already gone to and from San Antonio. To and to and or the time this releases, to and from San Antonio, to and from my hometown, to and from New Orleans. That's all in a twenty-four hour span, by the way. I came back. It, it was I had a lovely vacation with my wife from December nineteenth to the twenty-fourth in New Orleans. Uh, came back to my parents for Christmas. My kids are all still alive. That's just me being hopeful. Um, mm -hmm. Hanging out with with my with my aunt with my not my aunts, my sisters, their aunts. My parents, their grandparents. That's how things work. Uh, and do you get any? Do you get any snow for your Christmases? No, it's a South Texas dude. What do you think? I don't know. Maybe there's a Christmas miracle. Maybe who knows what happened? 
so I've told this story before on the show, but you don't listen. So I'll have to tell it again. Uh, the one time it snowed in my hometown, it was Christmas Eve, December 24th. It had not snowed in something like 27 years. And I was in high school. It snowed at like 10 p.m. on Christmas Eve. And we we stayed up till like four in the morning. Like we had like we became gangs all of a sudden. Like I grew up on Spanish Moss Lane. We had like the Spanish Moss Lane gang, and like we'd walk to Arrowwood, which is the street like kind of next to us, and we started fighting. It was like the Spanish Moss gang versus the Arrowwood game, and it was just snowball fights. And then like whichever ones of the of the Arrowwood crew survived our mm-hmm. snowball fight, we took them. When we moved on to Tanager Lane, and we took them on, and we just slowly. We, it was a it was a crusade that we had. <laughs> <laughs> for real that sounds like so much fun it was so a you, blast did you put rocks in your snowballs was that kind of were you that kind of gang uh, it, it was not rocks but we had these these strange fruits that were very small <laughs> and very hard uh so it, it would leave it was it was really interesting they would leave red marks so it looked like you were oh. bleeding but it, it was just wow. fruit juice merry christmas everyone <laughs> 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 I love it. We were up till 4 a.m. And by the time we woke up in the morning, the snow was all gone. Uh, wow. I was actually driving in my car this last weekend and listening to Christmas music because, like, I love it. My wife loves it. It helps us get into the Christmas spirit, and, which really, and what I mean by that is we are in our car at the time and our children are screaming so that we are not just in the pits of, of depths of anger. We'd put mm, on Christmas yeah. music and then we're not as angry. So, um, but some of my anger came out on my Instagram story because we're, we're listening to all these songs about having a white Christmas and it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. And I'm driving through central Texas and everything <laughs> is brown. Like the trees are brown, the ground is brown. And I, I'm just yelling at the gr- you're not Christmas, you brown grass. <laughs> you know? It's so depressing for us. It's really hard to get into Christmas. Um, how are things up in, in just beautiful Pittsburgh at Christmas time? <laughs> well, it's usually pretty snowy. We get we get all four seasons. We've been getting a lot of rain, but we'll see if it becomes snow. I'd rather have a thousand times over snow than cold rain. Hopefully that will work out for Christmas. I very much hope. It doesn't snow, so you have to have the same experience of Christmas that I do. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I was praying for a Christmas miracle for you, and you just hope everything is brown and gross. Okay, I see how it is. <laughs> it's just funny. But like, by the time this release, it's already happened. Like, This conversation doesn't matter. I'm so angry, I just hit my microphone. I just hit it, <laughs> and it went away from me, and that was really we strange. We need to play some Christmas music to calm you down. Uh, What's oh, going wait, on? Let's see. if I, do, I, do I have any? Nope, but I've got this Kawhi Leonard laugh. That always makes people happy. <laughs> You know what else I have? This will make you happy. Uh, we've got the okay. Roman Circus podcast intro. No, 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 <laughs> no. No, we, no, we, no we, one listens to that. What Don't about that. what about this uh, this scriptural song that I that I uh, I made up? I will send my curse upon you. I'll send a curse upon you. That's the Lord saying that to you today. Merry Christmas, Father. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Here we go. Here's some real joy. This is my this is my baby daughter. Say, I love you. I love you. I love you, Maggie. I love you. Daddy's the best. 
You know, if you would have her on as a guest more often, you would get so your podcast would explode with with uh, listeners if you just had your daughter on. Yeah, maybe I'd have as many listeners as that clerical pod thing you do. Well, let's not get crazy. Let's, <laughs> let's not, get crazy. not get crazy. All right, let's actually talk about this whole Christmas thing that we just celebrated slash are going to celebrate very soon. It's all very confusing yeah. now. I muddied the waters, and I'm I'm not sure. We need to use the time stone from from Infinity War to somehow oh, make yeah. this make sense. Uh, do you think I look like Thanos? I think I kind of look like Thanos if I was a little Ooh, bit more wrinkly. Shave, like don't shave, but if you shaved, maybe. I think I need to lose some weight too, but that's a whole that's a whole different thing. Um, so I, I was looking at some things in preparation for Christmas, and one of them, you know, uh, whenever Jesus comes, they say that he's the Prince of Peace, like. Uh, mm-hmm. What what's some of the peace words that we have around Christmas? I'm blanking now. I think I think they say something like the angels say something to the shepherds about peace. Is that correct? Yeah, peace um, to people of goodwill. Okay, they say that right. So that has always like I like that. It sounds really nice, but I've sure. I think I've always misunderstood the word peace. Like when I hear peace, like Jesus is the mm-hmm. Prince of Peace, and I hear peace to people of goodwill that's in the gloria why didn't i remember that um i always think of like oh like things are good like if there's peace between me and you like things are good like we're not super angry at each other uh i think the last time that happened was last september but that's beside the point Um, (laughs) but like things are just kind of nice like that's that's the understanding of peace that i have do you have a better understanding of the word nice yeah, I think because a lot of times we think of peace as the absence of violence or the absence of bad stuff, but I think peace means more than that. It's like the fullness of this is going to sound dumb. The fullness of goodness. It's it's something about being fulfilled, not just things aren't bad, but things are good in a positive way. Does that make sense? <laughs> that was like the Webster's dictionary. What is yeah, peace? Right? A sense of being peaceful. Like, that wasn't helpful, Webster. I know, I know. (laughs) (laughs) I started, I couldn't stop, I didn't know what to do. So, I I I watched this video doing a Bible study the other day uh, on my my YouVersion Bible app, and it was talking about the word shalom, which is the word for peace. Like, if you were hanging around some Jewish people, they would, I mean, that's a thing that they still say today. Shalom is, is like a greeting for how they say how they how they greet one another again I got that definition of greeting from Webster's dictionary uh, <laughs> it, it's that the word shalom which trans which we translate to peace does not just mean like oh I feel nice with them or that it or even that like yours is a step even closer to this but even more than just this uh, the fullness of goodness <laughs> to use your definition <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Shalom is really like to bring things back to wholeness, to mm. restore things. And so I hear Prince of Peace, Prince of Shalom, and that means so much more than yeah. just like the Prince of feeling good. Yeah. It's this, it's, <laughs> yes. it's the Prince, it's the, he's the Prince of coming to restore us, to bring back to being whole what was lost. So yeah. when Jesus comes as, a human baby like that's what he's doing he's coming to bring not peace of feeling good but he's coming to bring peace as in restoring the brokenness in humanity and making us whole again like that means so much more yeah 
And he does that by bringing us back to God. That's the restoring and even going beyond restoring, bringing us closer to God than we could have ever possibly imagined beforehand, making us whole with God in God. Yes. Yeah, well, that was good, wasn't you that? You did it. I had to think about that for a second. I was like mm-hmm. thinking of some way to make fun of you. I was like, no, that was actually really decent. Uh, maybe Aww. maybe that should actually be in your Christmas homily. <laughs> it might be, now that I have time to write it and take time with it, yeah. yeah. I knew you hadn't prepped it at all. I called you this morning. <laughs> hey, uh, uh, it's funny because before our conversation today on the phone, we were going to pretend like all of this was after Christmas. We weren't going to let the listeners know. But then I asked you, like, hey, have you prepped anything for Christmas? Are you still in Advent mode? You're like, I haven't thought about it at all. I'm like, oh, yeah, we're telling them. Like, we're totally telling them. (laughs) (laughs) All right, another thing that I was thinking about with, like, now that Advent is over and we are in this Christmas season, I was thinking about how the Jewish people, as as they were waiting for Jesus to come, they thought their king would be their king wherever they were. So it's like, you know, they they had their state of Israel, they had Judah, and then they got sent over to like Greece, and then they were sent to like, they're part of the Roman Empire, they're part of Assyria, like probably not in that order. Biblical scholars can yell at me all they want. But they were in all these different places, and they thought that he was going to be the king of that place. But like we know what God does is he takes human understanding of things and either blows them up or they're so much better than we could have possibly imagined. Mm -hmm. And it's like Jesus came as the king of everything, the king of the world, the king of the Jews, the king of of Rome, the king of the Gentiles, the king of deer, like the king of everything, right? (laughs) The king of stars, the king of all the universe. Like he was so much more than that. You didn't like that I said the king of the deer, did you? Well, I thought this was a really good random example. <laughs> king of the universe and deer, I guess. Too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> Jesus, king yeah, of the yeah. deer. I, mean, I think there's a certain sense, like Israel knew that God was God and he was God of everyone. But they did have this sort of sense that um, the people of Israel come first and they would be gathered quite literally back to um, to Israel. And then Israel is supposed to be a light for the nations and draw the Gentiles in. But what Christ brings is such a deeper communion of the Gentiles and everyone else, where we become not just members of a kingdom, but literal sons and daughters of God. So he gets that, you know, wholeness again and being restored. He was restoring all of humanity back to him. Uh, And that's what Jesus brings. And it's interesting because, like, it wasn't just this insular thing that you were talking about. It wasn't just for Israel. It was for everybody, as you mentioned. And that comes into this connection that I was thinking about. It's like... Is Jesus just my king at church? Is he just my king at church and at and at work? Like I work for the church, right? Or is yeah. he the king everywhere else? And I think I go, ah, you know, every time we look at uh, God's people in the scriptures, we're like, ah, they didn't really get it. And I'm like, well, crap, neither do I. You know, like yeah. I'm doing the same thing. It's like I have let God be my king in mass. I've let him be my king mostly at work. You know, 50-50 on the show, I think people would argue, you know. Um, But what about the rest of my life? And I think that's really the question that I'm wrestling with this Christmas season is like, okay, little baby Jesus, how can I make you king in the rest of my life? Mm -hmm. Yeah, like what's this, you know, a lot of times we we divide the spiritual stuff and then the quote-unquote serious stuff. So is God the God and king of your finances? Is he the king of your politics? Is he the king of your family life and your marriage. I mean, when 
these things get real to us, is God just as real as he is when he's when we're at church? That's a question I ask myself, too, because a lot of times you can treat priesthood just as a job. And we're called to much more than that, just as Christians, especially as priests. So it's something that I think every Christian needs to wrestle with, making sure that the Lord, you act like the Lord is the Lord of everything because he is. Amen and amen. Truly, truly, I say unto you, that is what we have to say about the Christmas season. You mm-hmm. better get to it. Um, you there, priest, I've never yes. asked you before. What is your favorite memory of Christmas as a human being? You know, you said favorite memory, and all I can think of is how when waking up Christmas morning, all I wanted to do was open up my presents, but my parents would make me brush my teeth first, and that bothered <laughs> me so much. Like, that was the most painful thing was brushing my teeth before I was allowed to go downstairs. So something about that was the first memory. I don't know if it's the best memory, but it's the most vivid memory. Your favorite memory of Christmas. <laughs> See, I knew this was gonna happen. Is brushing your teeth. You are no, 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 no. you are a strange man. It was man. being done brushing my teeth because once I brushed my teeth, I could open presents, and that was it. Just sticks in my mind. Here's yeah. what we're gonna have to do. One of these days that you're co-hosting, we're gonna have to have Mama and Papa Sharapa here on the show, and I I mean like your actual parents, not Papa Sharapa, who's your brother on on Twitter and stuff. It's very confusing. Yes. We need to have your parents on. Um, and ask them about this. Like, what what happened? Like, they did so much well. They made a right. priest out of you. But your mm-hmm. best memory of Christmas is brushing your teeth. Like this, we we got to talk to them. I think they're fascinating people. They can only do so much, man. They tried their best, <laughs> but you know, they've got this to work with. Uh, God bless them. All right. Well, we here at Forte Catholic hope you enjoyed more about your Christmas than brushing your teeth. Uh, we're gonna keep the party going. We've got a real comedian, Aaron Weber. On the show. This is ridiculous. I saw him at a John Christ concert. Concert? Show? I don't know. Saw him a couple of weeks ago. Got him on the show. He's much funnier than the rest of us. You're in for a real treat. We will be right back. Welcome back to Forte Catholic. I am Taylor Schroll, your host. Still joined by Father Anthony, today's co-host. Father Anthony, you didn't leave me. I'm proud of you. Oh, I would never leave you, Taylor. (laughs) That's what they all said before they left. All right. Uh, So we are also joined. Uh, See, Father, you and I's jokes, our witty banter is not on the level as the guy we are about to have on, professional comedian Aaron Weber. I saw him in concert. Uh, concert? I don't, we don't know the correct term, Aaron. Uh, I saw you <laughs> perform. came to a show. I came to a show. This was uh, a couple months ago. You're on tour with John Christ. Uh, me and my buddy got tickets. We live three hours from each other, but we met in the middle at this huge mega church in Houston. You kicked off the show, and you killed it, man. It was awesome. I was like, I got to have this guy on the show. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. Did I, I, I can't remember, did I mention that I was Catholic in, in my set? Is that why you reached out? You did. You mentioned that you were Catholic. So I thought I was the only Catholic in the room for a while. We were in this huge, just absolutely huge, like Baptist or non-denominational. Yeah, that was, uh, was 4,500 seats, I believe, in Houston. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. 
and, and there were two Catholics, me and you. <laughs> so you said you were Catholic, and I was like, I looked at my buddy who's non-denom, and I was like, oh my gosh, I gotta have this guy on the show. <laughs> so I followed you on Instagram right then. I messaged you right then, and and you graciously responded. Uh, I think within a day. Uh, so. We, we've been working on getting you to come on the show. We got it to happen because the tour, you've been on tour this whole time. I'm excited for you, man. Oh, thanks so much, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. You know, I like to address that up top when I'm in some of these churches, because the first thing that strikes me is growing up and only being in Catholic churches almost my entire life. First thing I notice is how comfortable the chairs are <laughs> in some of these Protestant <laughs> churches. Like a lot of them look like uh, movie theater seats. If they do have pews, they're all always upholstered and have cushion on them. And I, and I like to start by saying, you know, I'm not used to that because I'm Catholic. All we have are the pews, right? And it's weird that we worship a carpenter, but we have the worst wooden <laughs> seat I've ever sat in in my life. That always strikes me. So I like to point that out uh, when they have comfortable seats in the, in the church. I'm always really impressed as well, have the, have the same experience, but I've always wondered, like, when I go in, I see I sit in these comfy chairs, and I'm like, man, the time when the service, when we have to kneel, is really not going to be fun, because there's no kneelers. You're just going to be kneeling on the ground. And then we get to the end, and we didn't have to kneel. It was amazing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you just got to sit comfortably for, uh, well, I guess the give and take is that the service is probably five or six hours long, right? That's the give and take. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing if you you know if you're a priest you always get the comfy chair oh <laughs> man have to kneel at all so there you go best of both worlds that's right i've never thought about that father i knew the i knew the comfy chair thing you've said that before i never thought about it y'all never kneel <laughs> no we, we genuflect a couple times but we don't stay down there long we just stand and sit mostly oh man that's quite a loophole you guys found <laughs> <laughs> Go to school for eight years and you don't have to kneel. That should be the That's the exactly what slogan. I did. This I was like, man, you're playing the long game. I like it. All right, so Aaron, I gotta know. I, when I heard that you were Catholic, I was like, this is super exciting. Uh, how does how does a Catholic boy get into uh, comedy and end up performing at these huge Protestant mega churches? Well, I've always been a fan of stand up, so I started about three years ago here in Nashville. Um, every every city's got a, a local comedy scene at some level, and they have these things called open mics. And open mics are usually at bars or or music venues or other places on their off night, like a Tuesday or a Wednesday. You show up, you sign up, and you just do comedy. So there's really no barrier to entry. So I started doing that after college, uh, just started doing it every night, and it just kind of became my favorite thing. And that led me to you know start to do some some more legit shows, get on the road a little more. The cool thing was comedians will hang out at comedy clubs if they're in town because they just want to be around comedy. And so John Christ, who uh, lives in Nashville, he likes to hang out at Zany's Comedy Club. Uh, and we met there. He saw me open for uh, John Witherspoon, who is, uh, it's not a, it's not a Christian act, but uh but it was a great show. He saw me open for him. We kind of became friends, and then he started bringing me on the road with him. So um, last few months, I, I got to do most of the tour with him, and it was great and excited to do it with him again in the spring. Yeah, it was really cool for me because I, in Houston, I think it was like one of your first shows doing with John, and then like three yeah. days later, y'all announced that you were doing the whole rest of the tour. So you must have done something right. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, I, I, little did I know, I was, it was kind of a test run, I think. 
he, he kind of asked me to just come out for the weekend. So that's all I thought it was going to be. And then asked me to do the rest. So I was definitely pumped about that. What a great trick he pulled on you there. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk sure. a little bit about your faith. Did you grow up Catholic? I did. I grew up probably about as Catholic as you can get short of becoming a priest. My dad's a theologian. He's a Catholic high school principal. So I grew up, both parents were teachers, very active in the church. I went to Catholic school for 17 years, all through high school. And then I went to Notre Dame. And so that's kind of been just a big part of my life since, since the get go. The general follow-up question, the easy one is sure. how does a theologian's son become a comedian? Like there seems to be a little <laughs> disconnect there. How do you make those things connect in your head? Well, I actually start when I was young watching stand up. My dad always had, always has always had a great sense of humor. So we would watch stand up together. I think he liked the kind of the analytical part of comedy and that that's kind of who he is. I don't know. I don't think there's as much of a disconnect there as you probably think. It's just like always just grew up loving comedy and he did too. So we just kind of bonded over that. That connects so well with our slogan here at the show is hashtag make Catholicism fun again. We're trying to bring joy back into the faith. And I think you made the point that I probably haven't even ever made before is that there shouldn't be, and there really isn't this disconnect between between the two, between the theology and between the comedy. And I love that, that this is what you're doing because you're like we were rolling laughing when you're up there oh, up there talking great. and Thank then you, you so were much. and then you were like and I'm catholic and I'm like he's one of us yes this is so <laughs> we got one we got someone who's funny yes <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of comedy. I spend most of my time, uh, honestly, watching you know watching comedians on YouTube, watching on on Instagram stories now. Sees a lot of people are doing their uh, yeah. Netflix specials and stuff. And it who are some of the some of the guys you like? One of my favorites that I found this year. You've actually opened for Nate Bargatze. I love that. Oh guy. yeah, he's fantastic. Oh, he's brilliant. He's he's clean too. Uh, I like his dead the deadpan style that he does every yeah. now and then. Yeah, really unique style. So funny. Here's one of the things. We got to talking a little bit before you came on. Some of the comedians I like, I couldn't necessarily recommend on Catholic Radio. You know, there's the, <laughs> there seems to be this thing where I am just cracking up. I'm dying laughing at this stuff. And I'm like, I can only show this to, like, my wife and my best friend and maybe Father Anthony. You know, like, I can't <laughs> tell everyone in my life this joke that I just heard. And it's this disconnect because it's like I enjoy this and it brings me a lot of joy, but yet I probably need to go to confession after it. Like, have you been able to find a line in there in your line of work? Yeah, I think I just enjoy comedy so much. I mean, some of my favorite comedians, I mean, Nate's probably my favorite comedian and he's squeaky clean. But th- but there are a ton of comedians that I think are just brilliant that are that are filthy and, and will talk about things that I wholeheartedly disagree with. But because... I can appreciate the craft so much and I can see how the joke is written. I, I can really enjoy it. Um, so it, it is a little tough sometimes. I mean, anytime something about Catholicism happens in the news, you know, you go to an open mic and you hear people joke about it. And while some of that is is tough to hear, I don't think I've ever been offended by any of it because I don't know. I don't know if I've ever been offended by a joke. I think to to be offended by a joke is to give the comedian too much credit. It's just it's just a guy talking, just his way of processing whatever they're thinking about. But I don't know. It it's it's I was talking to some some friends about this that people approached them and said they wanted to get into clean comedy. And I think what I've learned, I mean I've only been doing comedy 3 years, but one of the things I've learned is that 
clean comedy and dirty comedy aren't separate worlds. They come from the same place, kind of mentally and intellectually. Comedians all start doing the same shows and the same venues. And so, so I think it's a mistake when some people will think about, you know, clean comedy or Christian comedy or something totally different from, from dirty comedy. It's just kind of, it's kind of veered off at some point. So I love it all. I love it all. Even the stuff that just disgusts me. I love it all. (laughs) I love the things that disgust me. That might be the quote for today's show. (laughs) One of the things that, as you were talking, that I was thinking about, you said that uh, you've never been offended by a comedian's joke. And I I think like they're on the stage. People get offended by the things that I say all the time. And I think it's because I'm not on a stage and they don't know when I'm joking. Like they know when you're joking because it's your job to stand up there to make them laugh. Yeah. uh, yeah. Have you found like because you're a funny dude, just period. So I'm like I've I've been able to see some of your Instagram stories and this kind of stuff. Like it's not just you on stage. Like you're funny just hanging out. So yeah. h- how are how are you able to be funny without uh, crossing a line just in your regular everyday conversations? Um, yeah, I think I'm I'm pretty careful not to, to pretend to be something I'm not. I think that's when comedians get into trouble is when they try to present themselves as some sort of authority figure on politics or morality or religion, that's when people get annoyed. But if I'm up there just talking about uh, eating fast food and just being a goofball or whatever else, like, you know, I'm not presenting myself as an authority on anything. It would be silly to get offended at my opinion on anything because I'm not really presenting real opinions. I'm just telling jokes. I heard one of my favorite things, a comedian in Nashville, his name's Gary Veter. And he was doing a showcase show at a comedy club and a woman got offended and said something. And he goes, I'm a comedian. He goes, I was joking. I'm a comedian (laughs) on a stage in a comedy club speaking into a mic. How many more clues do you need? It was one of my favorite things. Just just how, (laughs) how quickly he said that. So that's what I think about, you know, if I'm up there. You know, I'm never up there tooting my own horn or, or, or trying to have some sort of. I'm not saying anything profound up there. I'm just having a good time. And I think people will have a good time if they, they do too. And why is that a good thing? Like, why did you get into this line of work? Why do you like making people laugh? What do you think it does for them and their lives? Oh, well, I'm just learning that side of it, how it, how it helps other people. I'll admit it was a very vain thing. <laughs> it's a very vain thing to say, I want to stand up in front of hopefully hundreds of people. And y'all shut up and listen to me. It's like having a podcast or something. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's it's even more vain than having a podcast because it's saying, I want you all to sit quietly and watch me and laugh at what I say and listen to my thoughts. It's a very vain thing. And it feels very good to get a laugh. I mean, when there have been times, um, you know, throughout the last three years where I, I, if the crowd's laughing really heavily, I'm like, I'm really enjoying this. This really makes me feel good about myself. So I think there's a level of that of just vanity, but then, you know, talking to fans on this tour with John who who've come up and said, you know, they needed a break from, from whatever hardship they're going that's happening in their life. And, and, you know, it meant a lot to them to just, to just laugh. I mean, that's all important too. But, uh, you know, I'm ashamed to say it's secondary to just how good it feels to do comedy in front of people. I mean, it's just it's the most fun thing in the world. So I have a question. When you're at these open mics or doing a show or just hanging out with other comedians, 
does your faith ever come up? Do you ever talk about that to anybody? Or is it just kind of talking about the craft and that kind of happens? Is anyone ever kind of yeah, surprised? I think your it, faith? It, comes up, it comes up organically. I mean, I'm spending, you know, a few hours every night for years with these people. I've spent more time with, with other comics than I have with other, most other people in my life. So um, they, they all know that I'm Catholic. They all know that, you know, where I lean politically and things like that. So we'll poke fun at each other. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there've been a few nights where we, we get into more intense debates about stuff. So it comes up. Um, but it's, it's never, it's never been kind of a huge issue between, between me and my, the other comics. Most comics are not, um, most comics don't have the same beliefs that I do. <laughs> I've learned, which is, you know, which is fine. I like talking about it with them when they want to, but I don't, I don't try to, you know, press it on anybody. Yeah. You know, I think what you're doing sometimes people don't realize how important that is just being a good comic and then being Catholic. I think yes. so often when it comes to any kind of art or something, someone tries to be a Catholic this or a Catholic that the fact that you're just being authentically who yourself and doing comedy. Well, I yes. think that's a really good witness just doing that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. I appreciate that. I think a lot of uh, my friends who have problems with, with Christianity, I think they've, they've the Christians or the, you know, the types of Christianity they've been exposed to have been bad their entire life. They've been, sure. they've, they've interacted with, with crazy people, people that are, are not good. And so if I can just be a good person that they enjoy hanging out with, then, then you know, I think that's important. Yeah, man. You're definitely a person I want to hang out with. If you're ever around, I, 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 I can't where, where are you? Where, where are you? Are you not in Houston? Or are you, where are you? Bryan College Station. So I had to drive. Uh, y'all didn't want to come to a show here. So I had to drive all the way to the big city to, <laughs> to go see you guys. Um, but yeah, this, this is great, man. I, I really do thank you for coming on. Um, I really want people to check you out. How can they do that best? Sure. Uh, anything on social media uh, at real Aaron Weber. Um, I'm on just about everything. And if you want to see like a list of shows I'm doing, uh, including the spring tour with John Christ, which I think you can vouch Taylor. I mean, I think it's a show even for Catholics that they'll, they'll appreciate. Oh yeah. It was a blast. There was only one joke against Catholics and I laughed my butt off at it. So I think people (laughs) will enjoy it. (laughs) Yeah. All my dates and everything are, uh, Aaron Weber comedy.com. Everything's on there. Um, can we talk about what that website looks like for a second? Or is, sure. that, or is that a surprise? <laughs> no, it's, I'm proud of that website. I'm glad you appreciate it. It's the greatest thing in the world. It, Aaron, uh, AaronWeberComedy.com points to a MySpace page of you. <laughs> yeah, I recreated a WordPress theme that looks like the old school MySpace <laughs> websites. And you would be amazed how many people either don't get that or don't appreciate it. So oh, I'm glad that you it was. It lines up so well with your comedy, which I loved in person. It was great <laughs> on the air. It was great. They're the best part about it i saw that like right when i was like right when you walked off stage i looked you up on instagram i looked you up uh, and then i clicked on your on your website and i it took me to that and i was busting out laughing and it wasn't until today it was today that i went and i clicked your links to make sure they worked as i was sending them to father anthony it's like here's his instagram here's his twitter and then i saw aim i'm like i think aim is dead and then I clicked on it. It's just a page that says, dude, I don't have aim anymore. <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> so it, it's brilliant stuff. I definitely want people Thanks, to go check you out. Uh, Merry Christmas to you. Uh, thanks hey, for coming too. on. We got to do this again. 
Yeah, anytime, guys. Thanks so much for having me. All right, have a great time on the tour this spring. Tell John I said hi. He doesn't have any idea who I am. Um, Tell him the the, the worst-looking version of you says hi. (laughs) (laughs) All right, man. Y'all take it easy. Peace. We'll be right back, guys, for our final segment of the day. Welcome back to Forte Catholic. What a guest. We got some real comedy around here, not this fake stuff that me and Father Anthony do. Big <laughs> it was thing. refreshing. Oh, it was refreshing. Real jokes. People actually laughed. We didn't have to like put in the sound effects of laughter mm-hmm. at the end. It was just beautiful. So people that listen to the show often, all eight of you, uh, you know that we usually only have one guest in a show. We've got two today. Uh-oh. He just said, uh-oh, not into his mic. My bad. Uh-oh. Because, this, is this your first time on radio? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're so famous now. Oh, thanks, dude. Like, immediately when you said hello and to a muted mic, you became famous. That's what I'm getting known for? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, no, no. I Hopefully you make up for it and do <laughs> okay. a little bit more uh, throughout the day. Daniel Locke. Did I say your last name right? Yeah, that's right. Oh, man. It's, Loch Ness Monster, baby. There you go. It's spelled exactly like Loch Ness right. Monster. Yeah. I met you whilst dying. <laughs> that's, that's when you and I met. Um, for people who have been listening the last couple of months, a month ago, you heard me talking about how I was doing CrossFit pretty often, uh, and people found that hilarious because of my girth. And, and then I, I sprained my ankle. And I have not done said CrossFit (laughs) in three weeks. I need to go back. But during the good times, back in the good days when I could walk, we went to a class. Mm -hmm. You, me, and some girl. (laughs) And uh, I I want you to tell everybody what you told me after about your first thoughts about me. Oh, shoot. I'm trying to remember what I said. Oh, I remember vividly. Oh, I remember. I (laughs) (laughs) I was intimidated at first. That's all that I remember. That's all that matters. That's what I wanted you to say. Okay, yeah. Uh, nice. So like, just, this dude looked like he grew up around the bars, you know? <laughs> that's a totally the different weightlifting subject. Bars, weightlifting you know? bars. That's what you were going for. <laughs> the barbells. <laughs> the barbells. Nandanam guy comes on a Catholic show and he's already throwing <laughs> barbs of bars. So uh, <laughs> so this class was 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. How many minutes in till you were no longer intimidated? <laughs> <laughs> I'll rephrase the question. How many seconds in <laughs> before you were no longer Bro, t- halfway. How long did it take for Taylor to do his first exercise? <laughs> oh, fast start. He he started strong and fast. Whoa. And then we started we started hitting some places. <laughs> so I physically died. Mm-hmm. I may have how do I say this? I may have seen some of my breakfast that <laughs> afternoon. I was dying. I was actually dying on the vine. And there was this part where we had to like jog to this corner yeah. and come back and do all the workouts. Man, right when I got past that building, I was just like standing there. Like I didn't <laughs> even like go to the end. 
I didn't jog anymore. I did the first couple like the first time I jogged. The next time I walked, every other time I just went and stood behind the building for like three minutes. And like came back, caught my breath, came back. I was like actually dying. And this guy over here, who was intimidated for a good forty-five seconds, immediately realized he was better than me. Like he did. I didn't even complete the workout. Like it was a workout four time. He finished it in like seventeen minutes. And th- at thirty minutes, they were like, "Yeah, we got another." Class, like you got to be done. Like you're done. You know. So, you need to leave now, you sir. Need to leave. You only paid us for thirty minutes. Get out. Um, so that that's how we met. And I'm I'm laying on the ground, like in a in a like I call it Lake Shroll. Like I'm just it's just sweat all around me, laying down. And you're like, hey, I'm supposed to meet your buddy Brian that works at a Blaze with you, like yeah. right now. Uh, can you call him? And I'm <laughs> like laying on the ground, not able to do anything. And I'm just like, my phone's over there. You go get it. <laughs> like not nice at all. Like you didn't I'm, even try. Man. Oh man, couldn't. I just lay in there. I get you to call Brian on my phone. <laughs> we finally figure this this thing out. Brian doesn't want to hang out with you. Is, is the yeah. conclusion we got? Hey, to. we hung out, man. Fine, not that day. <laughs> not that day. Dude can do some magic tricks, man. He can. He can. Let's not talk about him on the. <laughs> you were supposed to be meeting Brian because you have this passion on your heart for what? I have a passion on my heart to see people who are living for Jesus come together that are in different places in different churches and different organizations all to see the kingdom of God come and manifest in Brian College Station. So. And it took you almost killing me for that to happen. Yeah, whatever so. it takes, man. <laughs> whatever it what, takes. Whatever suffering on other people's part it takes. That's I want right. This to That's right. So uh, you <laughs> finally got together with Brian, and then uh, like a month and a half later, mm-hmm. I found myself in your church yeah. with like 30 other youth ministers. Like, yeah. How did you make this happen? Dude, it was, uh, it's been in my heart for a while. I feel like God spoke about it a while ago, but then our head pastor, he encouraged us to go meet with other people who do the same thing that we do for different churches and organizations. And so I just started meeting people. I literally, I went on Google and found about every church or organization I could and started contacting people and asking people to go to coffee and it slowly, but surely started meeting more and more people. And then everybody had the same heart. It was just, we need to make it happen. So then we made it happen. It did. Father Anthony, what do yes. you think about uh, this man trying to kill me in order to bring about Christian unity? I'm for it. Totally for unity. For unity. You know, if you go back far enough, there were a lot of Christians killing Christians. This is a huge step up. You just passing out is a huge step up for Christian relations. So I, hey, I'm willing to offer you as a sacrifice. <laughs> this has just become a, a show about the crusades like we had our crusades earlier of snowball fights and now this guy's trying to kill catholics and but but th- and then he invites us over to his place i should have seen this coming but no no no, I, no, no no it was very very nice we all hung out and it was like 30 of us and we all sit in a square circle because i didn't know how else to set it up <laughs> i thought it'd be better to face each other than it was it's so funny because it was so youth ministry like it's it's people sitting awkwardly in a uh, square circle until 
there were icebreaker questions. Like, hey. It was the most youth ministry <laughs> thing I've ever seen a group of adults do. Right? I, I wasn't planning on the icebreaker question. Someone, I think you brought up that question. Oh, no, I absolutely did not. It, was, did some, it? it was definitely somebody else. Okay. What was the question we ended up an- answering? It was what two animals you could put together. Yeah, and like the only correct answer is Liger, and someone else took that. So I was like, I don't even want to answer the question anymore. Yeah, well, I, I said, I started off and I said lion and an eagle, but everybody said that that was too biblical. And so I had to change my answer to a fish and a cheetah. And I think everybody was got a little disappointed in themselves. <laughs> Welcome to my world. Okay, so we got to know each other, and after the awkward, like it was actually like this really cool gathering. It was yeah. funny because our entire Blaze staff came. Yeah. We came in full force. So like 14, everybody, fourteen of us walk in and just like take over the place. It was awesome. Um, we got together for community. What was the other thing that you wanted us to do? Well, I, I wanted to get to know each other. One, and then two, I wanted to hear what God had been doing throughout our city. And uh, part of coming together in unity is celebrating what God is doing through everybody. We're on the same team. We got the same goal. We all love Jesus. So let's celebrate what Jesus is doing. And then to pray together is, is a really powerful thing to cover our city in prayer. So. Yeah, the the celebration thing I really thought was interesting. You shared a story in particular. It's the reason I wanted you to come on the show mm. about something that happened in y'all's church uh, here locally this last semester. Why don't, you, yeah. oh, why don't you share that story? I've been thinking about it ever since then. Yeah, it's amazing. So it's so cool because it's the whole body working together and properly to see the kingdom come in people's lives. And so this was about like two, three months ago. There was a family that their car broke down. They were on the side of the road and a college student that goes to our church, saw them, stopped on the side of the road and was trying to help them out. And in the process of helping them out, he simply told them that God really loved him a lot. And that was honestly about it. He was just sharing how much God loves them. And he didn't invite them to church or anything like that. And they they were like, hey, so where do you go to church? And he told them, and then he left. And then they show up on Sunday and he's, they fill out. We have these little connect cards for new people if they want to get connected or anything. And so they fill that out. A couple of days go by and one of our the guys that works at our church called this family as he was driving home from work and he was like, Hey, do you want to get connected? We've got like this big potluck dinner thing that you can come to if you want. And she was like, Yeah, I would love to, but I don't have a car, so I can't really get there. And he was like, Okay, well let me see what I can do. So he called the people who were hosting the potluck and said, Hey, there's this lady she wants to come and get connected, but she didn't have a car. Is there anybody you can have pick her up? And they said, yeah, we'll figure it out. So they get someone to pick her up. So she comes to this potluck dinner and she brings her three kids with her. And so they're they're hanging out at the potluck. And one of the guys there was like, hey, we actually, our youth group is meeting like less than a mile down the road. If you want, we can take your kids to the youth group. And they were like, okay, yeah, sure. But the kids didn't really want to go. It was more like, <laughs> you got to tell, like they said they got there and they're like, all right, it's time to go. And they're like, no, we're not going in there. And they're like, you're going to go in there. And so they told them to go. Anyways, these kids show up and basically they walk in in the middle of our youth group meeting. And really, you can you can just tell that they've basically been through hell. Just a lot of brokenness and, and hard stuff. It's, it's just, you know, when you like see people and you know that they've been through a lot, it was kind of that. And every time I look in the mirror, every just <laughs> shut your mouth. 
<laughs> but so they, these kids walk in and and we welcome them in and uh to what we're doing and and so we go along with the night and at one point in the night one of our girl leaders walked up to the girl and pretty bold was like hey i know you don't know me at all but just want to make it available if you ever want somebody to talk to or anything i just want you to know that you can talk to me there's like no judgment or anything i just if you want someone to talk to i'm here she was like okay well i don't know why i'm going to do this but can we talk and she was like yeah so they start talking and basically this girl unloads her story on uh one of our leaders and there's a lot of brokenness and really hard stuff that she's been going through and our girl just really just listened was there for her and encouraged her afterwards and so then you know we have a retreat that ha- was going on that weekend so they invite this girl to retreat we go and hang out and then some crazy stuff started happening basically two of our leaders for the girls we had an all girls retreat and all guys retreat two of our leaders get up and share their testimony and basically their life story of how God has changed their life, what they were at before Jesus and then how they met Jesus and how it's been after Jesus and living with him. And one of our girls basically got up and was like, Hey, I actually don't understand. Like I've been through the same things that you guys have been through, but you guys are like really joyful and you seem like you're whole now. Like that doesn't make any sense to me how. And so actually one of our eighth grade girls gets up and was like, all right, you need to know the gospel. Like you need to know who Jesus is. And so she lays out the entire gospel for this girl and is like, hey, this is available to you right right now. Is if if you want it, like God loved you and he sent Jesus, you know, the whole thing. And like he's offering all of himself, like relationship with him to heal you, to set you free, to give you a new heart, a new nature, all of it. And she was like, oh my gosh, like, yeah, I really want that. And uh, <laughs> this sounds amazing, right? It's like <laughs> incredible. And because it really is so good, it's like life changing. And she's like, yeah, that sounds awesome. I, I want Jesus, you know? And, and so they're like walking with her through it. And, and she gives her life to Jesus. They're all celebrating, praying for her, encouraging her. And, and then one of <laughs> our other girls looks outside and she's, she sees a hot tub and she's like, well, I mean, you know, in the Bible, after people gave their life to Jesus, they would baptize him. Like, why do we have to wait, you know? And so they, they looked at each other like, you want to do that? And we're like, okay, yeah, sure. And so they kind of like explain a little bit uh, behind baptism and, and the significance of it. And, and they literally go outside in the hot tub and baptize this girl. And I mean, really still today, she's like, looks like a completely different person and and she'll tell you that herself like she feels like a completely different person and transformed like new life new nature relationship with jesus in the process of coming into wholeness and and healing from a really like hard and broken situations that she's been in and she's she's finding hope now and it's in jesus and so it's so cool because it's like if the college student wouldn't have stopped on the side of the road. It wouldn't have happened. If the guy that works at her church didn't call her when he did, that wouldn't have happened. If the potluck leader wouldn't have got someone to pick her up, it wouldn't have happened. If the guy didn't say, hey, we got the youth group down the road, it wouldn't have happened. If our girl leader <laughs> didn't talk to this girl, then it wouldn't have happened. If, you know, all of it goes together. And it's a beautiful picture of the body, like working together. It's not just a youth group thing. It's like, 
the college, the family, the young adult, the youth group, the middle school student, all of it's involved. And, and I think it's cool because it's, it goes along to the same thing of like why we met is it's like we're just, we're the whole body and we got different aspects, passions that God has given us and expressions of how we like worship God. And, and it's a, so beautiful when we can all come together under the name of Jesus and and I really do believe that that's, that's where we'll see really earth and Brian and college station begin to look like heaven. And so, you know, I really wish we had met in uh, in a hot tub by a lake instead of the lake stroll <laughs> of sweat that we had. Uh, this, this, Someday. this story fascinates me. I really wanted people to hear it just because of, of it, sh- it shows the, the need for us to be the body of Christ. Uh, I've heard this story. Father Anthony, you just heard it. Uh, other people yeah. listening just heard this for the first time. What's your reaction to it? You know, it's just a beautiful story of God's providence working in like very ordinary ways. Like these are just very ordinary acts of genuine love that each person did, bringing them along. And you can see at the end of it all, kind of God's plan and the spirit moving. But, you know, it didn't take any experts to do what happened. Like certainly mm-hmm. the people at your church, they know what they're doing and you know, they're trained yeah. at all. But like just ordinary, genuine acts of love slowly bringing this person actually very quickly if you think about it but just bringing this person to jesus and i think that's a beautiful thing all the way to the bubbly baptism <laughs> just bubbly thinking about baptism. the bubbles in the hot tub while that was going just makes beautiful. me so happy that, that reminds me that, i mean that that part about just like hey there's some water outside just reminds me of um of the eunuch who was baptized in acts of the apostles like yeah. hey i've got the gospel there's a water right over there. Let's do this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so right. Got a biblical connection too, and that was, it was, it was me. You just wanted to say the word eunuch on the radio. So uh, that, that, <laughs> why you why you gotta be like that, Taylor? Why you sure gotta br- you brought it up? You brought it up. I'm gonna yell louder than you. This is my show. Sorry for quoting the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> priest, priest in a box. Okay, Daniel, thanks for coming on. Uh, how can me. people find you? Are, you? are you on the social medias? <laughs> Bro, I'm off the grid. Off the grid. Don't <laughs> find Daniel. Uh, just keep just keep listening to the show we'll probably have him back on at some point uh he's like ron swanson he likes hot tubs (laughs) and doesn't like the grid father anthony thanks for coming on today this has been another episode of forte catholic this is usually the point where i tell you who next week's guest is i have no idea it's in like three weeks because it's christmas merry christmas Uh, you'll hear an episode next week but i'm not recording for quite a while it's all very confusing but whatever what's new say it Hello, friends. You made it to the end of the podcast. Congratulations. Now, here's the real deal. If you listened all this way, it means that you liked it in some capacity. Here's what I need you to do. Take 30 seconds before you listen to the next episode. Search in your iTunes or wherever you are listening to this podcast. Search for Forte Catholic. Go give it a review. It'll take you 30 seconds and will help me out a lot. And... It'll help you help others make Catholicism fun again, which is essentially like evangelizing. So you're off the hook for that today. If you give me a review, go do it. Otherwise, I will be sad. Oh, have a good week.